all our treasure in this little rowboat. It was pretty comical, actually, dude. It was just like this mound of treasure in the back of this little rowboat. Welcome to the DL Gaming Podcast. I'm Bobby. And I'm Emilio, a.k.a. Ender's Logic. <laughs> and it's just the two of us today. It is. And, of course, Christian behind the curtain. Yep. Pulling levers and, like, two spinning wheels. There's steam coming up back there. Got a lot going on. <laughs> so no Nick this week, but that's okay. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, it, it's the uh, episode after Thanksgiving. So how was your Thanksgiving? It was great, man. Uh, the worst part about it was the I wasn't going to go home to the barrier, but uh, I was. I just found out after work Christmas. So I was like, I got to see my family this year. So we drove up Thanksgiving Eve, which is a terrible time to drive an eight-hour drive. So it turned mm -hmm. it turned into ten and a half hours. When we got there, we were tired, and then you know, and then a kid in the yeah, it was nightmarish. But while we were there for the three days, it was awesome. It was really really good. And uh, there's a whole new slew of babies in my family, so the the, the family's growing again. There was a while there where Christmases suck because there's no like kids opening presents. Mm -hmm. Now we have like an army of them, so it's great. New generation coming in. Yep, coming in hot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun, fun. Well, we've got some Thanksgiving questions at the end of, in the listener question section, so I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But let's get to the nitty gritty, Bobby. What are you thankful for? Oh, man, I have so much to be thankful for. Um, I mean, I would like to say that my place was back together. That'd be nice, but uh, that's not the case quite yet. <laughs> yeah. Still dealing with, with that. All right, so we covered what you're not thankful for. So yeah, but hey, man, I'm alive. I'm doing all right. I'm not um, suffering any massive like uh, physical ailments or financial problems. I mean, yeah. things are all right. Things are in the bag. And? Recent uh, life-changing thing happened. Oh, yeah. New position at work. Yeah. Yep. Missionary. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very different from my last my last position. Yeah, it's good. For the better. Um, yeah, you know, in some ways, it's really weird. It's really weird to go into work and not be surrounded by kids. And there was a moment where I was just sitting there in my cubicle staring out the window, and I just realized I'd been doing that for like almost a minute straight. And it's just, it's a very sedentary job. Like I just, I sit around a lot yeah. at this point. It's probably going to change as things, um, you know, as I start taking on more responsibilities, but it's, it's like working in an office, man. Yeah. It's like the movie office space. Like it's just, it's an office job. Yeah. So I'm not out and about and doing things and talking to people and, you know, not, not a lot of that. Are you like the stapler guy? Or are you like, which guy are you? Who, who, the, who in the office <laughs> are you going to be? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know if, um, like, what personality niche I'm going to fill just yet. But you do have a window. Uh, yeah, there's That's lots good. of big windows. No air conditioning, though. And they told me that it can get over 100 degrees in summer. So that'll be fun. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about video games. Let's do it. Okay, so on the radar, games that have come to our attention this week. I wanted to start off with Survivors of the Void. This is actually a DLC for... Risk of Rain 2. Ooh, I don't even know about this. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of new. I just saw it pop up the other day. And they're being very cryptic about it. They're giving nothing away. So the whole the whole Steam page has like these scrambled transmissions and it says like incoming satellite message and the video and screenshot is just a picture of a 
and a video of a satellite in space. So they're not giving anything away. I have no idea what this is going to be or if there's like details anywhere out there, maybe on their Reddit, like somebody has dug up some stuff. But I, uh, they, they said it's coming out quarter one of 2022 as well. So no hard date for this yet, but looks like soon. Very cool. I did read some uh, dev stuff, like dev updates. They were put... But I don't know if it's for this, uh, the pay one. Um, there were there were some new video and stuff, but I don't know if it's for this. This, this seems like they're being cryptic and they wouldn't have put that out. I read that like a week ago. Um, if you don't know the story, there's not much of a story. It's you um, you crash land on a space a space station. Whichever character you pick happened to be on this on the space. I mean, you crash land on a planet and then uh, you kind of fight your way back towards your ship and then take off. Uh, but it's a roguelike uh, action. But th- yeah, this sounds like another, like something else from maybe your fleet is showing up. So maybe more characters. I don't know. A lot of biomes on that planet though. Yeah. Is this the first DLC they've had? Uh, they've had, um, you know, the free LCs, you know, like when a new character comes well, when, out. They came out with 1.0, right? Yeah. And did mm-hmm. they continue to do updates after that? They did, yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe characters, maybe you'll get a new level here or there. But a pay DLC or something that says DLC like that, I don't think so. Yeah, that's weird. I wonder if it's some sort of season pass type thing. Whatever it is, uh, I'm, I'll be up for it. I, uh, yeah. I love this game. Yeah, okay. Well, hopefully more details to come. Yeah. Uh, so Cyberpunk 2077 is... For the first time uh, in its history, is now very positive under reviews. Um, that's for the recent overall reviews is like um, slightly positive or whatever, like just barely over the hump. So it's it's turning the corner, and uh, people are reporting that like, well, now that most of the bugs are gone, all the great game breaking bugs are gone. Um, the whichever stories were not finished or loose ends not tied up are starting it's all starting to come together and it's really starting to become a really good game um i've had it installed for about a month and i haven't played it so it might be time to uh finally go back so i'm looking forward to doing that hmm. yeah probably a good time to jump into this game it, we're almost coming up on the year anniversary of its release yeah yeah it you know they didn't should they have waited another year? It sounds like it, right? If It would have been easier for them to get this far along without it also being out and they having to do mm. hot fixes and stuff like that as well. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. What if they released it in early access? How weird would that be? Triple A game, early access. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, another game I want to talk about is Factory Town. So this is like... Factorio on a budget or satisfactory on a budget, I feel like. Um, it just had its 1.0 release. So apparently this game was out in early access. But it is a simulation game where you are building a town and you're building lots of like conveyor belts and moving parts that all work with each other to, um, to make everything run more efficiently. Everything that I read about this game sounds just like Factorio or, or Satisfactory, but it's got a different graphical style, looks a little more cartoonish, which, I, I don't know, makes it makes this kind of game look a little less threatening. Some of those <laughs> screenshots of, like, Factorio look a little intense. As soon as you get smokestacks in anything, you're like, whoa, a lot, a lot of shit going on over there. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, 
nothing else besides that really to say about this game. It's not like it's doing anything terribly new or inventive here, but you know, it looks like a nice, interesting game. It could be deceptive too. You know, you see those cutesy graphics and you're like, ah, this is going to be easy. And then next thing you know, yeah, but the reviews are pretty positive and it's on sale for 10 bucks right now. Um, usually 20 bucks. Yeah. Might be worth taking a look at. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, Achilles Legends Untold. Um, this is an isometric action game, beat em up kind of thing. Uh, in one of the first things that it says is like a roguelike, I mean, sorry, it says um, souls like uh, combat. I didn't see that. It looks like a basic um, action RPG to me, but it could be the quick cuts that they're using in the in the video. But it does look good. The, um, the graphics look pretty great. Um, there's, uh, there's progression. You can get new items and stuff as you go through. Um, but yeah, it, for an isometric game, it looked pretty great. I, I, uh, it's almost like a Planet Diablo that's more action uh, based than it is, um, than it is like, you know, punching numbers. It's hmm. a, it's all about like dodging, getting behind your opponents, blocking stuff like that. So anyway, looks good to me. This is interesting. The release date, it says early access quarter one, 2022. I've never seen a release date for early access. Hmm. That's or explicitly specified early access right. at least. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Last game I want to bring up again, this is a simulation game. It's called Tavern Master. But in this game, you are building your own like fantasy world tavern. So you have to manage it as well. It's like a, like a sim medieval management game. Um, I really like this idea. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like you could make a management game out of anything. Um, and that's just the theme. It doesn't necessarily mean it's good. But I do like this theme. It's a good idea because in any fantasy world, in any fantasy story, like there's always a tavern scene. Yeah, right? yeah. Like that's an I, integral part. <laughs> that's what I'm totally wondering if they're like, I, I'm not seeing it, and I didn't see it in the description. But I wonder if adventurers come in there and uh, and start their quest. It has nothing to do with you know. Yeah, if there's you know like a story. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. From the looks of it, this is just a straight up sim game. You build the tavern, you add rooms, you add equipment, um, you manage the staff, and you serve the customers. Ooh, that place is popping, dude. Yeah, it's a busy tavern right there. Let's go over down to Bobby's. <laughs> I wonder if you get to name your tavern. It's either that or we could stay in, uh, in town and get fucking salmonella. <laughs> no, let's go to Bobby's. Uh, yeah. You're going to be playing this, Bob? So it's not out yet. Uh, the, the demo is out. You can... Oh, wait. No, it is out. Um, my apologies. Yeah, it came out uh, a couple weeks ago, middle of November. Uh, they have a free demo, though, so you can check it out. But the game itself, I don't think is that expensive. It is 15 bucks. Yeah. yeah. So not too bad. I might check this one out. Honestly, out of all the stuff on On the Radar this week, this was the one that interested me the most. And it's really for no other reason than like, oh, that that's a cool idea, managing yeah. a tavern in a medieval fantasy world. For sure. Um I don't know how you could possibly say that. You haven't heard all my games yet, Bobby. Uh, Wolfstride uh, is a trip of a game. I can't exactly pin down what it was from what, the, what I looked at. So first of all, they chose to go black and white. The whole thing's black and white. Um, it's an RPG. 
about three characters that are in a giant mech battle uh, competition. Um, there are shots of the actual fighting, which is like uh, close-up shots of uh, 2D fighting going on. And you can pick, you know, like throw a car, stuff like that. Uh, it's turn-based. And then um, then you can have, there's shots of the characters inside of the mech controlling it. I think that might be the RPG part of it. Um, but I'm, you know, it's a lot of quick cuts in the video, so it's hard to tell what's going on. Um, so it almost, it gave me that vibe of like FTL, you know, you, your guys are running around trying to keep this thing running while the, the thing, the, but while the fight's going on. So there's like the macro in the, and the, um, micro maybe, I don't know. And then on top of that, there's the walking around town and talking to people for the RPG part of it. But anyway, very cool, uh, graphics. Uh, I, I'm, I can't think of it besides Obra Dinn. I can't think of another game that just decided to go black and white. That's pretty rare. Well, Obra Dinn really isn't black and white either. That's like this weird, uh, what do they call that when it's dotted? It's, it, it's a certain artistic style. It's like a filter you could put on when there's, it's like this pencil point type of, uh, but it, it is just two colors. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, interesting. Definitely, definitely interesting. If you're going to visually check out anything that we talked about today, it'd probably be this one just for, just for the looks. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, lastly, Anacrusis is a four player co-op, uh, left for dead style game. Uh, one of the first, uh, one of the developers for left for dead, left for dead two is on the team or he's heading up the team. Uh, his whole thing, uh, it seems, was the director if you remember bobby the director in is an ai program that like mm -hmm. pace paces the yeah the ai director yeah the ai director paces the game for you um you know it does it lulls and ebbs uh danger so that you know to keep things fun but not too hard or depending you know mm -hmm. what where you want it would uh it finds out where the encounters are going to be, kind of sets things up, sets the stage in real time as you're playing. Uh, so that I guess that's what this guy was. Uh, that was his part in Left 4 Dead. And he thinks that that's what really made Left 4 Dead a great game. So he's made uh, Director 2.0 that apparently uh, keeps track of individual, how how well individuals are doing as and the team. And... Um, and basically is doubling down on that part of it. The director mm -hmm. doing, setting the pace and, and, and uh, basically I what, saw what made news it about go. this. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I could have swore I saw like an article that was talking about how somebody had imported the AI director 2.0 into left for dead Two, and was explaining the differences. I could be wrong about that. That maybe. could be it because that's what they called it here. So, but I don't know. Uh, as far as looks wise, it, you know, it's way more colorful. You're on this like derelict spaceship, but it seems like it was like a pleasure cruise spaceship. It's all, you know, bright pastels and I don't know. And the monsters are uh, kind of like mutated and also colorful themselves. Yeah. Uh, so it's not, they're not strictly that dark horror where everything is just, you know, you can't tell it's bright, brightly lit. Yeah. It's a seventies sci-fi. There you go. Looks like Logan's run. Yeah. Or uh, what is it? Other one, uh, Flash Gordon, something like that. Um, yeah, so uh, hopefully it's good. I mean, the more of these there are, the better it is, I think. There's plenty of room. 
Yeah, I think we talked about this when we were talking about Back for Blood for weeks and weeks. But oh, the right, AI right. director, that being absent in uh, Back for Blood is definitely noticeable. The great thing about the AI director is that it can create... It can create situations that you've never encountered before. You could have a rush, uh, like a horde, in a, a building or a place on the map that you've never had it before, and it creates this entirely new experience where you have to defend or fortify or whatever. And with Back for Blood, it's a little more like, I, I guess, like what World War Z was, where at this part, all these zombies always come out at this this time and you know right. it's always this number and then this special one comes out I, I, back for blood isn't exactly like that because sometimes you get more of the zombies or, or less of them but you know it does fluctuate a little bit but there really was like a, a randomness almost like a roguelike element in left for dead too because of the ai director and the, uh i think i mentioned in i mean i noticed in black for blood as well uh there you know Crows might not be in this one spot that they usually are, but mm -hmm. they're designated predetermined spots. And mm -hmm. They're either there or they're not. Yeah. But you know where they're going to be every single time. That yeah. they should hundred percent. Even if those zombies aren't random, at least the placing of the birds and the trips, trip wires and the cans or whatever should all be random, right? At least I would think. Yeah, you can kind of pick up on where the where they might be after a while. Yeah. All right, so it's time to start talking about some games that we've played. Um, I'll start off with Gunfire Reborn. So this game recently had its 1.0 release, and it was... I played this in beta a long time ago, really enjoyed it. Uh, it feels like a very different game. It, since it went back to the one... or it got the 1.0 release, I really wanted to check it out and see what all had changed. I really liked this game, but back in beta, I had a run that was just insane. Like I was never going to top it. So I was like, okay, I, I pretty much experienced everything this game has to offer. Like I, I broke the game basically, but now they've added a couple more characters. There's now five playable characters, um, all with different styles. They have the same levels, but you can get one of two bosses at the end of each level. So there's a little diversity there. And then also at the very end, there is this extra boss that they've added. So they had, um, they had like four levels and then the final boss, but now there's like a final, final boss. You can choose to exit the game at, at the end of the fourth one. Uh, I've been playing the melee character a lot, which I really enjoy. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is you pretty much have to go melee with this guy. Like he doesn't, I, I've found a, a build with him that's just incredibly strong and there, it doesn't seem to be any reason in doing anything else. So I don't know. I, I got to play more with different characters to see if there's more diversity, but it, it still does feel like you have to, um, hopefully get like the right build with one character to be successful. Did you uh, just complain about having to be a melee build with a melee guy? Well, he's a melee character, but still it'd be nice if you could do like different kinds of builds with him with the guns. But it's not only that you have to go the melee weapons with him. You have to, he has these, um, his abilities. He has this like flying kick and then like a melee swing. And it's insanely powerful. If you build it up, like just ridiculous, powerful. Now that you play it uh, more, I, I found the grind to be fucking, you know, really long. Has that been shortened up or do you not find uh, unlocking things very hard? Anymore? It does feel a little repetitive because I'm level like a hundred something on this. So at this point, I'm just kind of like 
playing and beating the game and then I can choose like three more talents because, you know, the talents at the bottom are so expensive. So yeah, it does feel a little repetitive, but they've added new difficulty modes. So they got normal, then hard, and then nightmare, and then one more after that. Nightmare is no joke. Um, I beat it on normal and uh, veteran, but nightmare is just, I, I couldn't even get through the first level on that one. Mm. But yeah, I got to check out the new characters and, and see what those are like. The The bunny's supposed to be super overpowered. It, it's still a good game, but it's got like weird little lag issues. Like if I'm not the host of the server, I notice it big time, especially in some of the little special areas you get to where you have to do the jumping puzzles. It makes it really difficult. Those are hard in this game, man. Yeah. Well, it's a lot easier when you're the host with zero ping. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a it's a good game, and I'm glad they finally got their 1.0 release, and they'll continue to put out patches for it. it I think the price went up on this. Uh, I think it's 15 bucks now, maybe even yeah, 15. Yeah, it used to be 12. If you played this and you're looking for something new, though, uh, I I thought RoboQuest was like a re- refreshing um, version of this game. I thought I thought it was better in most ways. Hmm. Well, I will say what I really like about some of the changes they made is that before it really felt like you didn't have to, or you didn't get enough like talent and perk points and enough of like the, the uh, scrolls. So this time around, it feels like you get a lot more of those. So you can really feel like you're building, building a build. Yeah, yeah. You can really make a build now before it was kind of like you just get whatever, uh, whatever they throw at you. Right. You just didn't get enough to really have any say and or, or create some uh, unique kind of build. But now you, you have a lot more options. So uh, we have uh, a correspondent, our, <laughs> our our movie correspondent here to talk about a new Christmas movie that came out. Um, it can't. Christmas. It's what? Eight bits Christmas. Yeah, eight bit Christmas. Talk like touch it to your mouth. There you go. <laughs> uh, so I watched it because, um, right away, uh, I felt the, again, I don't, I don't get much nostalgia, but, um, I was like, oh yeah, there was, this is exactly the time where I wanted a Nintendo so goddamn bad. And they seem to be, they seem to be impossible to get. And, uh, I definitely lived through, through a similar scenario as the kid in this, uh, movie, um, but Mila, what did you think? Because you're obviously not 44. You're you're a little kid. Uh, what did you think of the movie? I think that it was a good movie, and it's very good. Like no. I really like it. It's like the main thing of the movie is that the kid right there, he's telling his daughter about the story, about how he wanted a Nintendo so bad, but he couldn't get it. Yeah. But uh, later on, he could. It's kind of like uh, the Princess Bride, where the guy is telling the story, and then he's talking through the movie and doing the narration, and then you're watching the the story that he's telling, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And uh, what would you like about it besides that? Um, what I really like is that it's funny how come all the kids are like teaming up mm-hmm. um, to try to get a Nintendo Switch so bad. Yeah. It's a Nintendo Entertainment System, not a Switch. Thank you very much. Bobby just saw it last night, too. What did you think, Bobby? Yeah, I, I liked it. So, yeah, they had that little, like, heist scene at the end where they're trying to get the, the Nintendo. Um, but the, the movie, like, really, 
it's it's trying to be very nostalgic for the older people like us, yeah. but then also appeal to like the young people like like Mila. And I thought it did a pretty good job of that. There's some things in this movie that I, that I thought were really funny. Um, like, you know, they were a little exaggerated, but they were so true. Like the fact that there's always that one kid on your block that had it. And mm -hmm, you yep. almost kind of had to put up with him just to play as Nintendo. Yeah, uh, same <laughs> so, thing. Yeah, like uh, that was very real for me. I think it was probably annoying to watch it with me because there was a few times where I kept pausing. And I was like, this is because uh, mm -hmm. they were saying this because, yeah, it was exactly, you know, they, they hit the nail on yeah. the head. And then the power glove, like being this thing that was really built up, but then ended up just being a really crappy controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they touched on that. But I thought for a movie that relies so much on children or child actors, I thought it was actually really good. Like the, the main character kid there like i thought he did a pretty good job of, of carrying the movie i was thinking about that i was like uh you know this kid's like mila's age and he's like holding this whole movie up did a good yeah. job yeah you never know what you're gonna get with kid actors but yeah, yeah i mean it, it was good it was a good mix of uh nostalgia and then um yeah it was it was pretty humorous at times and uh what'd you say about the ending mila the ending was pretty nice and it was cute because the dad he the dad was like kind of like putting a lot of pressure on the kid all the times but then the last night before they were going to go on a field trip to somewhere i don't know where <laughs> um he was trying to build like a like a tree house for him all night long and that was really nice it was cute because the dad was always putting like a lot of pressure on his kid yeah mm-hmm it was a very nice gift. And the kid really wanted a Nintendo Switch. That's what he thought he was going to get. Because um, his dad, he pulled his phone, I think. And then like this little box came out. And it said that it was for the kid who wanted the Nintendo Switch so bad. And then he opened it and it turned out to not be the Nintendo Switch. Ooh. That, that, that happens multiple times in this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, he gets the light bright. Yeah, yeah he gets the light bright. Light bright. Yeah. <laughs> light bright. <laughs> I had a light bright. But what uh, you're talking about the framing device that they use. So they, they have the dad telling the story to his daughter, and then it's like the whole movie's a flashback, and then you see him as a little kid trying to get the Nintendo. And the whole reason he's telling the story is because his daughter keeps bugging him about getting a phone. So it's there's kind of this connection here, and it, it could be kind of easy to miss that, I suppose, but... You know, when we were young, we we were all like this kid, totally obsessed with playing video games, whatever the cost. And the parents were like, oh, they're too violent or, you know, they, they turn your brain into mush, as they, they say in the movie. Um, and that's kind of how us now as adults, we tell our kids, no, you can't have a phone because and it's all the things that our parents told us about video games and Nintendo. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, it was a nice movie. For sure. Mm -hmm. You were saying dog got crushed. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that. uh like things were exaggerated by me, but I think it's like things are exaggerated when you're a little kid, you know, like mm -hmm. that kid wasn't that big. The, 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 oh yeah, that kid. kid was like an adult. Yeah. He was like an adult, <laughs> but like to yeah. him in his eyes, mm -hmm. he was that big. You know what I mean? When he's down, when he's yeah. recounting the story. So that's, that's the way that I interpreted that. Mm -hmm. All right, movie or Mila, do you have anything else you want to say before no. I kick you out of here? <laughs> right. Yeah. You can just kick me out of here. Okay. Good job. <laughs> You know, the whole reason that I watched this movie... Bye. Bye, Mila. The whole reason that I watched this movie, actually, or um, 
found out about it was I, I listened to that podcast. How did this get made? Right. And the mom in this movie uh, is on that uh, podcast. She's married to Paul Shear, the guy, the other guy on the podcast. And they were talking about how she was in old lady makeup. And so they were saying, Oh yeah, check out the movie. You can see June and, uh, as an old lady or something. So that, that's kind of how I became aware of this, but, um, I don't know. It's not in theaters. Not a big it? release. It's HBO yeah. max. Yeah. To HBO max. And that's it, I think. Yeah. So I could, I would have totally missed this otherwise. Cause I mean, I'm don't usually check HBO max. Yeah. All right. All yep. right. Um, Your girlfriend's HBO Max. Um, <laughs> I played Info Halo Infinite. Uh, not much, but there's not much there, really. Um, there's only, I believe, two game modes, three game modes. Um, there is Capture the Flag. There is, I don't know what it's called. It's where you hold uh, an item and get points while you're holding it. And then uh, there's, uh, like, point capture. Um, so... I was saying last week that I, I've never really played Halo, uh, but I can see I can see the appeal, and I can also see the years that have gone into these games, like uh, the assault rifle, uh, rifle, the standard one that you start with. Um, it's not very strong, but like it has the per- the perfect amount of ammo in it for you know for you getting into hairy situations where you have to start either meleeing or pull out your pistol. Um, there's always the threat of a melee attack it's constant like um it does massive damage so there's this little dance <coughs> as you're shooting each other because the time to kill is pretty long <coughs> as you're shooting each other you're also trying to punch each other in the face a lot of the time because it'll it'll end the fight right there um so there's a there's a distance game being played at all times um and also when you're when you're playing the uh, the ball game, what the one where you have to hold the ball? Sorry, I don't know the name. Um, you can't shoot when you're holding the ball. So your team of four now has three members that can shoot, but you can crack people over the head with the ball. You're a melee character only. So there's a lot of like <clears throat> when you're running away with uh, with it, you turn its sharp corner instead of continuing to run. You just turn and you wait. And you fucking bash him over the head when he comes through the doorway. There's a lot of mayhem. It's all built for fun. Um, It feels a little slow. If that's what they were going for, if they were going for like a Call of Duty. But I think they were just going with the speed that Halo's always been, which is fine. It just, for a game like this, where like I think of like Toxic or or call of duty it's a lot more fast-paced not not that the shooting is slow but the character they feel kind of floaty to me but that's just you know something that's probably been part of the franchise forever uh yeah i had a good time with it and it's free Uh, i saw a reddit post about hey in order to get everything unlocked in the game you need to have uh, spend like $10,000 or 20,000 hours. And, you know, they did the calculations and how like, this is predatory and like, uh, it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and it, the only reason it came up on my feed is because it was pretty high up on the Reddit. You know, people were like upvoting it. And I was like, I can't, I can't disagree more. First of all, it's all cosmetic. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure it's all cosmetic. And um, who, who wants all of it? 
Like a lot of it doesn't. A lot of people do. <laughs> Me in here is with a swarm. I want it all. But the, the cosmetic thing, like I, I don't know, man. I used to think like, oh, it's it's just cosmetic. It's okay. But I, I don't know if that's a good enough excuse because cos cosmetics are super important in video games. I'll talk about it later with Sea of Thieves. But like, cosmetics are a big deal. Think about just our lives in general, dude. Like you, you could drive like a Ford Fiesta, but you don't because you know it. You you feel it reflects on you. It's your cosmetics. Yeah, it's yeah. your cosmetics. So, I mean, I, I think it's a bigger deal than a lot of people make it out to be. Sure, but all I'm saying is, like, why have it all? Yeah, and most people won't, but there's yeah. going to be people out there who have, like, addictive personalities or completionists or whatever, and, and those are the, the people in danger. It's a small subset, but that's where they make the big money. Yeah. yeah. The whales. Yeah, the whales. The cosmetic whales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um what do they mean by season one they're doing seasons to this yeah yeah you could buy the battle pass and like okay. you know unlock things quicker or whatever more XP. typical battle pass uh, stuff yeah and it was it's pretty you know i played four rounds i won three of them maybe five rounds uh and i am like 15 percent through level one you know usually level one is like easy yeah uh, but no, they, yeah, it's a grind without the battle pass. But like, like I said, I, I give zero fucks of, you know, I, I, I control my character just as well as anybody else does. Mm. It, just being red doesn't make you faster. Hmm. Halo infinite. It, it's interesting that they chose this release style. We'll see how that plays out. Has there been any other game that has done that where they have like the free multiplayer version and then you can get the rest of the game by paying for it? Did that happen with doom? Doom? I don't yeah. think so. The new, do, 2016 Doom? Or was the multiplayer come out afterwards? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Nobody plays the multiplayer on that really. Anyway. I know. No, I thought they did that with the Call of Duty, but I can't remember. Hmm. All right. Um, sea of Thieves, man. I got into it, and it was pretty rough at first. Like, we, we spent an inordinate amount of time just trying to turn the boat around, got stuck somewhere. And um, then also trying to figure out what we should do. We were trying to deliver some chickens and there was some confusion about how to do that. The Who game does, uh, played with uh, the usual Friday crew it was me, Hector and Yonko. Yeah. Um, and we had a, we had a pretty good time once we got into it though, and kind of figured out, well, once I did, it took me a little while to figure out the game because I had played this years ago. Yeah maybe I think it was years ago and kind of when it first came out and there wasn't all this other stuff added. So I had to kind of figure out a lot of things. Um, you, they really don't give you a whole lot in the missions. I'm so used to just quest markers coming up and I can completely ignore the text, but this game really forces you to do that. Uh, pretty quickly we realized we are just doing these quests for this emissary, this group that, um, they had boring quests. It was like, go catch some animals and return them or something. So we're like, no, let's go to the Order of the Souls where we fight skeletons. That sounds way more exciting. Let's do those quests. Um, and we ran into some sort of like boss fight, I guess. There was like this big signal in the air, like this big red tornado going up into the sky. And I guess that signal just some like random world boss that you can run into and fight. And we had qu quite a long battle with him, uh, but eventually defeated him. Oh, wow. Your first shot, huh? Yeah, it took a long time, though. Yeah. It was like a long fight. Were there other ships there? No. The entire time we were playing, I don't think we ran into other ships. I think I might have seen 
one, but it wasn't like before when we had played and we ran into other players. Yeah. So yeah, that was a bit odd. Um, and I think I was wrong. I think there is a way where you can just join randomly with other people, with strangers. Okay. You can queue up with them. There seems to be like a, a single player version of the game now or a campaign version that you can play. And I think I was under that and I couldn't find anybody. Did yeah. you uh, did you see the Game Pass deal that there was? Um, it was like three months for ten bucks or something. Like oh, that. Target, yeah, yeah, Target, yeah, and that was the ultimate one too. Yeah, yeah the better which one. Which I'm kind of interested in checking out because that gets you access to XCloud. The normal yeah. Game Pass, you don't get access to XCloud, right. and XCloud is their their uh, what do they call that remote server based gaming where you basically like uh, what was the Google one that didn't take off? A Stadia. Yeah, it's like Stadia, basically. But, yeah, that looks pretty appealing, man, because you can just, um, you don't have to have expensive hardware and you have access to all these games. You can play it just on any device. Yeah, for sure. But um, And since you're just sitting at your desk at work, <laughs> uh, tell me, does your uh, monitor face a uh, corner or like towards... No, it's right out in the open. Oh, great. But no, I mean, I have stuff to do at work. Right, right, I'm right. just sitting and doing it all on a computer rather than going out and doing stuff. But, yeah. you know, it'll uh, there'll be other things. Um, but there is, there's really nothing. They, they also do a season pass in Sea of Thieves as well. I think it ends in a couple of days here. But there's really nothing that you get out of doing all these quests. You build a reputation with these different groups called emissaries. Uh And when you build reputation, it gives you access to things that you can buy from them, like all cosmetic stuff, and then also the higher level quests. So you get more and more interesting uh, and difficult quests as you... Well, I don't know if they're more difficult, but they're they're higher reward. So I assume there's more risk. but yeah, this game is just entirely based off of cosmetics. And it's it's really strange how powerful that is because uh, we went on a run and we had like, uh, we, our boat accidentally sank somehow. So we had all our treasure in this little rowboat. It was pretty comical actually, dude. It was just like this mound of treasure in the back of this little rowboat. And I'm like, okay, you guys stay with us. I'm going to go back and get the ship where it respawned. <laughs> and we got it back in there and we made a whole bunch of money. And then we just, we all spent like half an hour just going to each vendor and like, Ooh, Ooh, that looks yeah. good. Ooh, yeah. ooh, an eye patch. Ooh, a hook. You know? <laughs> and it, and and uh, we stopped playing after that, but now I'm like, I, my character's finally looking like like pretty cool, and I'm like ready for some more adventures. Like it, it's amazing how powerful the cosmetics are in this game. I guess because it's the only type of reward available in in the game. But the the game the core gameplay loop is also very fun, right? I mean, that's the only re- mm, it's not it's not Deep Rock Galactic fun, right? It's it really is. You're hanging out with your friends and it's not like too stressful and it's kind of like low key, you know, and you're kind of hanging out. Like we did the combat stuff too. And the combat in this game, I, sorry to say, it's just not very good. I mean, we talked about Halo. Uh, that's renowned for just having that real crunchy, satisfying type of uh, gunplay and, and melee combat. This is totally not like that. It, it's not janky like like Rust or some you right. know, Unity game. But it's not satisfying, really, right. at all. Um, and it all just feels like, I don't know, very um, very stiff in a way. Um, so, I mean, it's okay. But, you know, you're hanging out with your friends and you're sailing the seas and, like, you, you like playing as a pirate. 
you know, you're acting like a pirate. So it is kind of fun in a way. Uh, Captain Gummy is uh, chomping at the bit to play with you over here. And he says that once you get to level 50, you get to go see a secret area for pirate legends. That sounds Ooh. like something to work towards. Nice. Yeah, I'm, uh, God, I think I'm level 25 with the gold hoarders. Oh, wow. Yeah. But you can see here's the four groups right here. The bilge rats, the order, of the souls, some other one. Yeah, I got a ways to go with with some of the other ones, but yeah, and you can customize your ship. Yeah, the ship is is cool. Um, but yeah, it's a good game, man. Um, I'm I'm wondering if I eventually buy this on Steam because I've only got a few more months. I, I think end of January my Game Pass expires, and I'll see what I can do there. But I wonder if I bought this on Steam if my data would transfer over. I assume that it would. I mean, it remembered all my progress from last time, however long ago that was. Hmm. Right. I'm not sure. Yeah, I wonder if anyone's done that. But yeah, it's it's a good game. And I feel like if I were to get back into it again, like the next playthrough, there'd be a little less of that like figuring things out phase and it, we'd get right into the fun. But I'm still up for it, man. Fridays. Um, so you had three players on a four-person ship, right? Uh, no, there's a three, well, there's a ship that is three to four people. I right, mean, I right. I think there's right. like a straight up four person ship. And then there's a galleon that's like made for six, I think. No, four is the max. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we did, um, we did one that was made for, I think, three to four people and three people we were able to handle it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool, man. I'm glad you're finally getting into it because, uh, seems like a game for you. Yeah. It's a good time. Okay. Is it time for listener questions? I think it's time for a plug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do we plug it to? Get to our website. We have everything uh, DLG related, dlgaming.net. You can find uh, year old information about us and how we were back then. You can find uh, merch. You can find how to get to our Discord, which is really the best thing we've ever done. Uh, Discord has a bunch of cool people as soon as you go in. You have a lot of people uh, waving at you and putting out funny memes. And, uh, yeah, and then you can find uh, your niche within there because, uh, uh, you know, there's different games being played. We have a Magic the Gathering section. We have a uh, – uh, what the, what's the one you made? I can't remember. Uh, New World. We have a New World section. Uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff for different strokes for different folks. But mostly it's a chat. It's not really for gaming that much. I mean, we made it for that, but – People just get together and talk about stuff. Mm. And you can contribute to the podcast. You can uh, put things on the radar that we put on our radar. Almost everything that was on my list was from uh, listener contributions. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's get to these questions. We got a couple from Warconius here. First one Wait. is... Oh, yes? Let's not forget some Jeff. Oh, that was from this week. Okay. Yeah, we've got a subscription. He he subbed after the show, and I just feel like 22 months? What a a champ. You got to get called out, you know? Yeah. yeah. 22 months, that's almost two years. It's a big deal. It's my Jeff. (laughs) I think it's it's Smajeff. Smajeff. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Smajeff. Bobby, uh, also, I want to recap everything we talked about real quick, so if you go down the bottom. On the radar was Survivors of the Void. Um, that's for Risk of Rain. Cyberpunk 27, 2077 is finally a decent game. Fact, uh, Factory Town, uh, Achilles Legends Untold, 
Tavern Master. Uh, Wolfstride was the weird black and white one. Uh, Anacrusis is a um, you know four player co op that hasn't come out yet. Uh, Gunfire Reborn was on the highlights as long as well as Eight Bit Christmas, Halo Infinite, and Sea of Thieves. I'm going for my reporter, my reporter cadence. <laughs> All right. Listener questions, let's do it. Warconius asks, what's the one dish that you would get rid of from Thanksgiving dinner? Uh, anything green. Green green beans? The green bean casserole? Pass. Hard pass. Yeah, I usually pass on that too, but I think my least favorite would be the stuffing. Man, I like stuffing. I do not like the stuffing. I've had six different stuffings probably, and they're all wildly different. I think it's very house-to-house. You know, yeah. Well, a lot of those dishes, you can really do it very differently. I'm saying Guys. you probably just don't like your mom stuffing. Mm, no, I've had <laughs> I've had lots of different kinds of stuffing. Yeah, and, no, uh, it's not for you, huh? <laughs> no, I hate me. gravy. Gravy, I, know, really? I can't stand gravy. I, I really don't like it. Does that mean you don't like poutine? I love poutine, but usually I just ask for light gravy on my poutine. No, that means. You- that means you don't hate gravy then. If you're taking uh, light I really hate when people, when I see people like cover their entire Thanksgiving meal, like the broccoli salad, the stuffing, the potatoes, the chicken, the turkey or whatever, the ham, the whole plate is covered in gravy. I feel like you're ruining your whole fucking plate, dude. You're dipping it in like toxic waste. <laughs> I uh, guess, man. I, I think the gravy makes it go down a little easier. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so you guys celebrate Thanksgiving same day and everything over there? No, no different day. The, our Thanksgiving is because uh, we had a rebellion, the French and the English, so uh-huh. it's on a different day. It's in uh, October, and your, right? thanks, your Thanksgiving is like we stole the land. or after, after No, 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 no. We got here, or uh, some European folks got here. We're having a real rough go, and the Indians came and helped them and showed them how to grow stuff, and everything went swell right after that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I for, oh, this, I forgot how that's that how that to, went. Yeah, to this cool. day, that's how it went. <laughs> uh, yep. Charlie Brown made a made a movie about it. I think. Yeah. It's all in there. It's all swell. Um, okay. Warconius also asks one family member that you would get rid of from Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Oof. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I can talk about it here. I have a family member. Let's go with Nick. <laughs> I get I get enough of him on the podcast. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I don't know. There's always uh, there's always at least one. You can say know. it, Bob, because like your your family doesn't even know you have a podcast. I bet. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I just feel weird because I I actually had this conversation with Christian before the podcast, and I just it, it was like kind of a long story, but. Um, I'll give you a condensed version of it, or actually just a bit of it. So there, there is one person in my family that has got some very interesting views. And uh, I'll just tell you one of the things she was going off amid quite a few other things. One of the things she was going on about on Thanksgiving was that uh, the kids are always on their phones right. and their devices, and uh, they're not out there playing. And she literally said... They don't even play kick the can anymore. <laughs> she said that. 
And have you ever played Kick the Can? I mean, this is like something that is too old for even it, us. It's not a game, right? No, they played it in like the 50s. You just it, kick it. it. No, it's a game. Oh, it's a, it's game. a game. I know it was a game. Okay, here's how you play Kick the Can. And so here's how you play Kick the Can. So one person is trying to guard a can on the ground, right. and the other kids are trying to kick it. Now, the person guarding the can is also trying to tag the other kids. If they get tagged, they're out. So okay. if he goes over there to tag a kid, and uh, then the other kid can come in and try and kick the can. Like okay. That. Yeah. No, it's terrible, dude. <laughs> That's one good. time, no, one time when I was young, I was like, "Hey, let's let's try playing this." You know, I, my mom explained to me how you play this game. You know, it's like this old game, and it, this was probably like early '90s or something. And we tried playing it, and it was so. <laughs> we're like, "This fucking sucks, dude." Let's go play video games. <laughs> it was so bad. There's a David Tell joke about horseshoes where he says it must have been invented before fun because it's not. And that's how I feel. <laughs> that's how I feel about kick the can. I'm like. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's what's wrong with kids these days. They're just, you know, they're on their little devices and, and their Nintendos and they're not out there playing this horribly boring game called kick the can. I feel like when kick a can was invented, it was one of the only objects that was around. Like there was well, yeah, all you need is a can. Dude. Yeah. It was made like during the great depression where like, what else were they going to do? <laughs> there was rocks. Cans yeah. They had shoot. that little like stick in a wheel thing. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> you kidding me? Oh God! It must have been terrible to live through those times. I'm I'm trying to find like video evidence that people play kick the can, and I'm watching all these videos on YouTube, and <laughs> I can't actually find anyone kicking a can. Like, is kicking the can not the main part of the game? No, well, probably because nobody cares, dude. I would say it's central. <laughs> what is this guy doing? This looks like uh, uh, scare the kids. <laughs> Uh, all right. Are they Next show, question. Oh my God. Are they, are they showing how to play hide and see? All right, let's go. Okay. Next question from Moroconius. He says, do you think Forza Horizon 5 handles Mexican culture and history uh, respectfully? The side mission where you are smuggling workers across the border was an odd choice. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, smuggling people around across the border is a huge thing. It's uh, as its own culture. There's, there's people called coyotes and they do that for a living and people, a lot of Mexicans build up money um, for years so they can pay these coyotes to get them across. So the culture is, it is part of the culture. Um, uh, it's like something you save up for to try to get to the United States so you can have a better life. And uh, But are like, they transporting them in the DL Gaming podcast, <laughs> you a Grand National here, pictured it, on screen? Funny that you should bring that up. Uh, if you pay extra, like double, it's, uh, <laughs> you could go in a car as it's opposed like to like. A, it's like a, like a Uber Black or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coyote Black. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you could cross in a car if you, uh, if you pay it like a certain amount. So. Uh, it's it's nuts. Um, anyway, yeah, Workonius also made us a car in in uh, Forza, and it says uh, DL Gaming all over it, and it looks fucking awesome. He did a really good job on it. Um, this game is so close to photorealistic; it's it's crazy. Even when you're playing it, like I was showing it off, Forza is now my go-to. Like, come check out what my computer can do. Game, hmm. and uh, people are like, "Where?" It was uh, Mila's real dad. She's like. She, he's like, uh, is this a game? I was like, yeah, it's a game. He's like, shit, I thought it was video. It's such a good looking game. So super fun. Um, but Orconius, what I do find odd is like, 
the accents seem off to me. Maybe, maybe like there's different, but yeah, I don't know if it's uh, white people trying to do Mexican accents or it's a hard thing to do, right? Like, uh, to do you get do you get voice actors that are uh, Hispanic and have them deliver um, English lines, or do you have English speakers? put on an accent that that's the part that seems odd to me it seems off especially a lot of a lot of the characters um but i haven't done that many missions where like i haven't run into anything crazy or off-putting if if it's in there we probably do it we're a crazy bunch of people all right uh another question from the living strong what was the best black friday deal you found uh it was a tv one year uh i got like i don't know i forgot what it was but it was like uh, right after the i think it was the first 4k that i got it was an open box and it was 55 inches and i got it for like 450 bucks it was like half off Mm -hmm. i walked out of there so happy man carrying it in my arms you know like with no box just like this thing and holding the cord and i was like nailed it yeah it was a great tv for a long time so do you go out and do the Black Friday thing? Like, No. Um, no, definitely not. Okay. That time I did, though, because we needed a TV. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've never gone out for Black Friday. I may have when I was young. I might have gotten dragged along with my mom, but no, I'd never do that anymore. I bought some stuff this year, but I don't know if it was on a, like a Black Friday deal or not. I got a keyboard for my my girlfriend's place because the one that she has is just too big and old and got keys chipped off because her fat cat always sits on it (laughs) but um got a nice one i think what was it the logitech uh k400 i think it's a nice small one and it's got the trackpad built in that's the key because Uh sometimes it's really annoying when you're sitting on a couch to use a mouse so yeah, yeah, absolutely. having that trackpad is really nice and they're smart. They put the trackpad on the right so you can kind of control it with your thumb and then they have like a left mouse click button on the right side. So you can just like press that button. That's wireless. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. That sounds perfect for like, a, it's a media center, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it was like 18 bucks. I've never seen it that cheap. So, um, pretty good deal. It's a family tradition, not to only to place categories, but to buy a new fucking box every fucking year because somebody fucking forgets it. Um, I brought my own this year and still left it at one house when we went to another house to play. Um, so I, we had to go out and I got it for $8 on black. I couldn't believe it, dude. Like, for a fucking board game that, you know, all my family loves. Um, But yeah, we bought a new one. Uh, That's the only Black Friday deal I got. Hmm. Yeah, there's never any deals on like computer hardware. It's not really that big of a, I mean, nothing that you would want, really. Like it's not that big of a deal for gamers, PC gamers, I think. (laughs) All right, last question from Taglo Moreau. Don't think that's right. Uh, cranberry jelly or whole cranberry sauce? Neither. I'll pass on both. Yeah, I don't like cranberries. Yeah. Boy, we really shut that one down. <laughs> I do, <laughs> do not like cranberries Titties. Wrap it <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, what are you going to be playing next week, Bobby? Um, I don't know, man. I do not know. Like, I've been fortunate that I've been playing games that I really like, and it hasn't felt like an obligation or a chore recently. And if you look at the track record, it's all like co-op games. Gunfire Reborn, Deep Rock Galactic, um, 
Sea of Thieves. Bad for Blood. Yeah, Back for Blood. So I just, I don't know, man. Like, hopefully, maybe I'll try, like, Gears Tactics. Yeah, something single player. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, most of your... uh, Age of Empires 4 has been single player play, no? Yeah, yeah. there was that. Um, Probably try to get some use out of my uh, Xbox Game Pass, so I'll see what's on there. Atomic Crops, I still got that one I got to check out. How much Cyberpunk did you play? I know you liked what you played, but yeah. I played a good amount. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about it, but I thought it was all right. I I went like a melee build, so I just kind of ran into every mission and just swatted around a sword or something and killed everybody, and that was like it. So it kind of got a little old after a while. But I, I put maybe 10 hours into that game like yeah. i got I, you wouldn't go back no i would <clears throat> I'd, I'd play more of that sounds like you just need to up the difficulty yeah maybe um i think that is a show uh chris you got anything for us up from canada land no all good all clear over here how are you good <laughs> the only thing uh, uh when i was talking about like uh mexicans being crazy uh, i heard somebody talk of uh, one guy joey diaz on the joe rogan podcast really put our continent um in perspective canada not enough flavor mexico way too much flavor united states just enough flavor hmm. it's like goldilocks yeah and the three countries the three countries yeah all right uh speaking for chris uh bobby and myself north american titties bye-bye Well, at least the outro music works. Yeah. It is so strange that one doesn't, the other one doesn't. Yeah. Boop, ba-da-doop, ba-da-doop, ba-da-doop.